This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, Paul McMullen proving his doubters wrong. Seagrist is still at Tanadice. And Lask, LASK, that team from Austria. Who knows, St Johnston are in Europe. Hello and welcome back to Twa Teams One Street. I'm Callum Woodger and as ever I am joined by George Cran. Hello. And the bear, Graham Finnan, is here as well. Hello everyone. Bear, we've had a wee second sort of, sort of uh, wave of, of heat the yeah, last well, few well. days. It's looking nice outside in Dundee. It's it's absolutely glorious here. It's beautiful in the in the city today. It's It must be sitting pleasantly over 20 degrees and the sun's out and, you know, the only problem is, is some people have to work, although... Can we really call the podcast work? I don't know, Callum. I mean, I don't really get paid for it, do I? So do, 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 just do it for it. I, enjoyment. I, I get paid of it for it, Bear. Do you get paid yeah. for it? I do you not? Like, do, do you not get anything? Right, okay, but when, oh, no. when, when this uh, podcast finishes, we'll have a discussion. And then really? I'll have a discussion <laughs> with the manager, see what's yeah, going on. Get it done first. But no, it's a beautiful day. It's, it's, it's absolutely stunning day in, in August, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, well, we can't have an on air bust up, so we'll have a conversation <laughs> afterwards. But um, yeah, I'll pay him off, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we have been labelled an amateur production by many listeners, so um, yeah. you know, the fact that some of us aren't getting paid probably probably makes sense. So um, anyway, <laughs> enough gibbering on about rubbish. We're going to kick on and speak first about Dundee, a fantastic result in the Premier Sports Cup for them on Saturday, one 0 win over Motherwell. It books their place in the last eight. They'll take on Cup holders St Johnston um, next month. Georgie were there at Dens. Um, Quite an even game, but, but Dundee did eventually start to dominate and, and eventually came out on top with Lee Ashcroft. Um, impressed with the performance? Yeah, but particularly after, obviously, we were speaking last week about the Celtic game and, and taking a bit of a tank in there, uh, losing six, but then to come back with a clean sheet. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that, but obviously they did give more than that with the winning goal late on Lee Ashcroft once again. It's, uh, it's such a such a weapon to have. Uh that kind of ability from a corners and set pieces. Dundee have been very good at those, and once more it kind of pays off. Uh, in the quarterfinal of a cup, doesn't happen very often for Dundee no. in the past few years. And uh, No, I, th- I thought they um, they deserved it. Mo had a couple of chances that Dundee rode their luck a wee bit in the first half, and Connor Shields ran through and smashed smashed the crossbar. Uh, he should have scored that one, but you, can, you earn your, own, your luck sometimes, uh, and mm. Dundee's I mean, you look at the amount of corners they had, I think they had 17, uh, which tells you how much pressure they were putting on Mallow and eventually it told. Uh, the front three were really good. Cummings was excellent. McMullen, again, was was brilliant. He's been such a good signing. Uh, added another assist. And Luke McCowan was really impressive as well on, on the other side. Uh, so, aye, things are, things are bright again at, at Dens Park after last week. Yeah, it's amazing how football can can turn so quickly within the space of a game. You, you talk about that chance that Connor Shields had and I, I read your interview with Lee Ashcroft afterwards and he was saying, you know, he's the one that sort of maybe made the mistake to let him in or, hmm. or couldn't quite get back in time and he's he's running back thinking, miss, 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 miss and, you know, he, he hits the bar and, you know, and, you know later on in the game, Ashcroft goes on to score the winner. It, it's, it swings and roundabouts um, in this game and it's at this level in the cup as well. It's um, so much riding on games and it, it can just turn just like that. But, um, Dundee did get the result and they're only one game away from Hamden they've only made it to the National Stadium three times since the turn of the Millennium Bear can you believe oh, that um, you, know, you probably can having followed yeah. Dundee for the last yeah. um, since 2000 but 
Um, what do you make of their chances of getting by St. Johnson and, and, and getting back to Hamden for the first time in a, a good good while? Yeah, well, I think they can. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about sort of Ashcroft think, thinking miss, miss, miss when the Motherwell player went, went through. I think there was 4,000 on defense here miss, <laughs> miss, miss as well at the, at the same time. And, you know, I think over the course of the game, Dundee thoroughly deserved to win. Uh, you know, George has mentioned that that one where it was a it was a mistake from Big Ashcroft, uh, and he he hasn't made many. He didn't make many in that game, and he hasn't made many in his time at, at Dens. And you know, I think Tony Watt had a header late on when he was right in the middle of the goal, and he wasn't marked. And uh, but over the piece, Dundee were pretty good. Dundee were pretty good, and I think you know that James McPake will be really really chuffed the way they did sort of bounce back from from that hammer and they took it Celtic Park. I think that's what we're all waiting to see. That was the biggest thing, Callum, the mm. response from, from Celtic Park. And it shouldn't surprise anyone mm. because prior to that, they had been really solid for six months, although obviously there, there, is, a, there is an interval there over the summer months where they all get a wee break. But, you know, the personnel hasn't changed greatly. And, you know, the great thing is they seem to have, have taken that on. And for me, the biggest thing was, uh, was the clean sheet. I think if Dundee can can show, uh, you know, a solidity at this level. They have a real chance. They have a real chance because um, the last thing you want is, you know, to be leaking goals left, right and centre. But with a keeper who, who looked faultless, he, he didn't have too much to do. But everything he did, he did competently, Adam Legs. He, he came for cross balls and, and, and took them well. He made a couple of smart saves. He was off his line quick. The defence in front of him, Fontaine brought a, you know, an assuredness mm-hmm. uh, in the heart of that defence. And Ashcroft, again, is simply outstanding and he, he poses that threat. Uh, he poses that threat in the opposition box and there's there's one goal already. Uh, and against the Motherwell side, I've got to say, who are no shrinking violets, they've got a few, more than a few big lads in there as well. So, um, no, in all in all, it was a, it was a great, great day for, for Dundee and the performance and they can take real heart from it. Again, you look at the rest of the team, George has touched on it, McMullen, Again, outstanding up the right wing, tireless, tireless work. You know, from from start to finish. You know, when he was on the park, I think another big plus is obviously the introduction of Luke McCowan. We've mm. all uh, seen that what this guy did at Air Air United, and we all sort of hoped could he could he step up at this level. I'll tell you what, after that game on Saturday, he looks as though he could become you know a, a, a real star in this Dundee team and I'm, I, I know I, I know it's only sort of one performance and I'm not wanting to sort of heap too much on the young lad's shoulders but he looked really really assured in what he was doing he looked as though he could get up the park he could get Dundee up the park up that left hand side where sometimes they maybe lack a wee bit um, what McMullen does on the right hand side he showed a great touch on the ball when he had it and he, he delivered some you know some fine crosses into the box and good link up play obviously would, would uh, Jordan Marshall as well and it set Dundee up I think Dundee deserved to get through and then obviously they've drawn a home t- a home tie against St Johnson and I think that's all you can really ask for I think what you want to do in the cup you want a home tie that's first and foremost so they got that mm. you want to try to avoid the old firm at all costs they got that now they've got St Johnston unfortunately St Johnston you know are, are, are double cup winners so <laughs> yeah. you know it's going to be a really really tough tie but I think it's I think it's in the mix, you know. I think it's in the balance. I think what they will have to get by is is St Johnston's doggedness, St John, St Johnston's side who have refused to buckle, you know, over the last eighteen months, two years, when under pressure, when things have gone against them, they've found a way to get through, and they did that again at the weekend against our growth. Um, but it should be a cracking a cracking match, and uh, hopefully by that point we'll get a really healthy attendance in Dens Park. 
you know, which should be a great evening's a great evening's football. So it's set up nicely. It's set up nicely, and, and as you say, Calm, they're only you know one match away from Hamden Park. You would have thought that. Actually, you know what? One of my friends was telling me that uh, there was uh, one of the St Johnston on the, the Twitter or a St Johnston fan site. And uh, one of the St Johnston fans said, "That's us only one game away from Hamden again." Mm-hmm. And somebody instantly came back and said, "Well, when you enter the competitions, you were only two games away from Hamden anyway, <laughs> so you've no come, you've not really taken massive steps to get to that point." But it doesn't really matter. I mean, for Dundee, you know, it's, it would be a massive thing to get back to Hamden Park for the fans because we've been starved of that. Anyone who's been to the National Stadium, albeit if if it's, it's not among 50,000 and it's your team you know it is really a special occasion and mm-hmm. you know it's a real opportunity for Dundee you know something something to look forward to there's a wee bit of time before now and then but something to look forward to and I th- I really do think they've got a chance with the game being at Dense Park they do have a chance to take that step back to the National Stadium so I'm really looking forward to that one Carl. Yeah it was good to see a good healthy crowd back in Dens Park um, on Saturday home and away fans Bear, you must have got your wish of shouting at some away supporters so that made you happy which in turn makes me happy so yeah, unfortunately, some fans took it too far, which was disappointing, um, I've got to say. But we've heard talk of after the game, there was a few skirmishes, which we really don't want to see. And I don't know, as something that blights football, I've said this in the past, you know, you don't see it at cricket, you don't see it at rugby, you don't see it at golf or tennis or anything else. It just seems to be football that has this unsavoury minority that want to cause trouble. And and I'll, I'll tell you what, I was actually, I was in... Uh, a local hostility before the game and the Motherwell fans came in and it was great. You know, there wasn't any trouble whatsoever, you know, and then there was, you know, there was, there were families in there as well, you know, so, you know, let's try and weed these people out, you know, and I think, you know, we need to, it's a blight on the game. It was a beautiful day. I mean, and Motherwell played their part as well, you know, they're disappointed, but, yeah, that's football. You, you win and you, you win and you lose some, but to, to come out in the street and, you know, start causing bother, I mean, come on. We're, we're living in 20, 2021 here. Let, let, let's get on and, and just enjoy the fact that we're actually back watching football again. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, just looking back at the, the game a little bit, George, that was Dundee's first victory over Motherwell in 10 attempts. It's a good <laughs> Motherwell team, an established Premiership team. It's it's, it's a good sign for Dundee that, that, that the squad they've got, you know, they were welcoming back a couple of guys, Fontaine, Jakubiak. They've got depth. They, they, they've shown that they can compete at this level. And Paul McMillan, a guy who's had his detractors about whether he's got the end product of the final ball to compete at this level proved that as well. It, it was a it was a big step for Dundee as well to to show that they can compete. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, c- I couldn't believe when I had a look. I was just on the off chance, just having a wee look back at the records, uh, the previous games. I couldn't believe how long it had been since Dundee had actually won mm-hmm. against. Well, not just ten attempts, but they'd lost nine of them. Yeah. Uh, they'd only had one point out of ten. Um, so they're good to end that hoodoo. Um, and yeah, and keeping a clean sheet, there was talked about this before, but obviously playing against a team you'd think they'll be fighting out with it in the, in the league table. They'll be battling to try and get above Motherwell, I would, I would think. Um, certainly it's kind of part of the table I see them in anyway. Um, so that'll give them loads of confidence, I, I would think. And the chances they created as well, because Jordan McGee had really good chances after half time. The keeper, Liam Kelly, was good. From other worlds, tells you Dundee had some decent efforts as well. Mm. And Jason Cummings had his had a goal disallowed. He looked offside to me at the time. Yeah. Um, but Luke McCowan, it was a great setup by Luke McCowan. I think I think he had two nutmegs in there. Um, but no, there's plenty 
and the work that went into that that chance as well with McMullen winning the ball back. Am I right in saying it was Paul McMullen who, who chased down the player to win the ball back for that goal, uh, the, the the disallowed goal? I think so. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right. And then, then McCowan nutmegged his, his marker mm-hmm. and then poked it through the guy's legs to, to Cummings. Uh, and that, that, that was something that stood out that they really got after Mullerwell yeah. when Mullerwell had the ball at the back. Because McMullen's so fast that he really doesn't give players any time whatsoever to, to even think about what they're doing, never mind find a good pass. Um, which is real. it's just another asset to Dundee have got in their favour. And when they've got McGowan on the other side, McGowan does a really good job for them and he's played well this season. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's obviously not got the same mobility and energy that McGowan has. And having that on both sides, it really brings something extra. Yeah. Bear, Adam Legston's a man who you've had... Mm-hmm. Much trouble pronouncing his name down the years. Um, <laughs> this probably explains why. Um, he's been linked with a call-up for the Latvian national team. Um, I believe it's his paternal grandparents are from Latvia, um, which is obviously where the name comes from. So we can we can get past that now. But he's been a, you know, a standout performer for, for Dundee since he joined the club, moving up from, from down south. And if he was to get a cap, it would be... Be an extra string to his bow, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, it's just it's just amazing how things have turned for him. I mean, he's obviously he's been a journeyman professional and, and a good journeyman professional down in England throughout his career, but he hasn't featured in in too many, you know, top flight first team games. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, you can yeah. correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong here, but mm-hmm. you know, but th- since he's come to Dundee, you know, he hasn't really put a, a foot wrong, and um, the fact that. Now we're talking about probably an international cup as well. You know, he must be he must be wondering what he's done. You know, his, 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 his luck seems to have changed entirely. You know, it's, it's, it's a good story. I don't know that much about it, Callum, but here if you get the, the opportunity to go and play international football for whoever, you would you would jump at the chance, and yeah. it'd be a feather in his cap, and it'd be a feather in Dundee's cap as well. And I think Adam Legsden, I think he's still, you know, although he's in his thirties, he, he's got the best years ahead of him I think he's got a lot of good football on to go you know so you know I'm hoping that uh, you know that uh, he just continues to work hard for Dundee and focuses on keeping clean sheets for them first and foremost but if that Latvia call comes good luck to him other news at Den's part this week Dundee are looking at a defender Niall Mason George um, looking to get him in on trial he's um, you know got a, a checkered past he's, he's, a, he's a convicted sex offender it's, it's a difficult one for the club, he's, he's previously been at Peterborough, I believe. Yeah, was it Doncaster? He was at before, and he, he ended up, um, you know, losing his, his position there because of what happened. It's it's one that Dundee have got to weigh up carefully. You'd imagine before they decide whether to move for him or not. Yeah, it's it's a really tricky one. Um, obviously, he was convicted for sexual assault, I think, um, and he's on the sex offenders register. Um, so, yeah, it's. It's a really tricky one to approach at, mm. not just from us, but from the club. Uh, and putting it, obviously, the story emerged last night as we're recording on the Wednesday, and I put it out on Twitter just to see if Dundee fans were were having it or should think the club should be anywhere near it. And it's pretty much unanimous no, mm. almost almost across the board. So some are saying you can uh, people deserve a second chance, mm. and I, I understand that viewpoint. Is it worth it? That's that's always the question from mm. a footballing point of view. Mm. Um, I, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced it is. Although he, he does, his CV is good. He seems like a, a good player as a right back. So it obviously tells you the position they're, they're looking to 
improve on and yeah. Dundee fans I'm sure will be happy about that but it doesn't seem I don't get the feeling that, that they're particularly happy about if it's if it's Mr Mason that, that mm. comes in um, and yeah it doesn't seem like it, clubs down south are, are interested in taking him on because of his conviction mm. uh, he obviously joined Peterborough last season or, or the season before after he'd been sacked by Doncaster so the club has taken a chance on him before mm. Um it's going to be tough, tough for him to, to find a club. But Dundee are having a look. We have their options. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, right back's definitely a position they need to be looking at. Obviously, Christy Elliott's there at the moment, but um, Cammy Kerr obviously working his way back from the injury. So um, it's one that we'll, we'll surely learn more about um, in the coming weeks. One thing that is wrapped up now is the MK Dons job. It's not going to James McPake, much to the relief of Dark Blues. I'm sure Liam Manning has got that job for the League One side. Um, but yeah, it's good news for Dundee to keep a hold of their boss. He's his stocks clearly rising, and he's 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 done a fantastic job for Dundee. Yeah, I I, I think so. And well, it was good uh, for for him personally to be linked and Dundee as well. I've got to say because it shows he's doing a, a, a damn good job at Dundee. I think James McBake would admit that he has still got a fair way to go um, before the, he could be considered a finished article in terms of of a coach. He's a, he's a young coach. He's only been in, in the role for. A, you know the the main role at Dens for for two years now, and I'm seeing an improving coach, and I yeah. think there's more to come from James McPake, and I'm excited, you know, at what he's what he's got in front of him. I think we're seeing we're now seeing a more mature manager. I think, but we're seeing he's making he's making better decisions. I mean, there will be mistakes in there, and he would admit that, and we all make mistakes, and it's how you. It's how you learn from these mistakes, but I think James McPake is learning as he goes. I think we're seeing an improving side on the pitch, and you know I'd like to think that you know over the next twelve months we'll see an even better side at Dens and a better manager at the end of that, and that would only improve James McPake's standing within the game. And I think I think the best place for James McPake and for Dundee Football Club is is, is in the dugout at Dens Park. Mm. So I'm glad to see that, that he remains there. Yeah, and the next test for his team is Hibs coming to Dens on Sunday. Um, obviously, they're at their top of the table as it stands. They've had a good start to the season. Um, they've been in European action, of course. They've been they've been um, punted out of that now. But um, it's a uh, it's a tough game for 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 Dundee George. Maybe they're you know besides Celtic, it's 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 quite a, a stern test of, of where they're at. Can they compete with a a bona fide top six team? Uh, Max Anderson's back in contention after his suspension. That's a big boost, but um, be one that at home Dundee will be looking to get something. You'd imagine. Yeah, no, always fancy themselves at home, and I think particularly this season, home advantage is, is counting with with uh, fans back in the stands after so long. They may have an, an issue with John Marshall suspended after his red card at Celtic, uh, mm. and considering Hibs' real strength is kind of their wide forwards and well, Kevin Nisbet up front as well. Um, <clears throat> that that that'll be an issue they're going to have to work hard at to, to try and solve because Hibs have got a good strong team but their attacking uh, lineup is, is scary at times when you see Martin Boyle at full in full flight mm-hmm. and then you've got Kevin Nisbet's really fast really clever scores goals Jamie Murphy gets forgotten about on the last mm-hmm. side because of those two and mm-hmm. Murphy's an excellent player and then you've got Kyle McGinnis who obviously you know well, Simon has suddenly turned into a goal machine for them. It scores every week now. Yeah, he's a good player. Very good player. And Scott Allen coming off the bench. I mean, it's, it's going to be... Dundee's defence is really going to have to be at the top of their game. But they've shown they can hurt teams as well at this level, going the other way. Um, so I really think it could be an entertaining game. The 
two sides going at each other. But I, I would say Hibs are, to me, they're clearly the third best team in the league mm-hmm. behind the, the two Glasgow sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so that obviously means it's going to be a really tough afternoon for Dundee, but they'll fancy with a, a crowd behind them that they can get something. Yeah, if a combination of injuries, suspensions, bear, it's been difficult so far this season for Dundee. I know we're quite early in the season, but for the field, a consistent back four or five, it's it's been makeshift most weeks. Um, and Jordan Marshall will be a miss. Yeah, I mean, he was pivotal last season and he is pivotal, but it's an opportunity, I think, for Corey Panter to come in. Yeah. George, is that? Is, he would, Possibly, he, he would, yeah. Yeah, so it's an opportunity for him and that's what... That's what football is all about. I mean, you can't be dependent on one man, who, whoever it is and however good he is. You've got to have somebody there to come in and do a job. And so this is an opportunity for him. I've got to say, in terms of Hibs, yeah, they are a very good side. They're a very good attacking side. And I think, as well as that, I think they're very good on the road. Yeah, I are. think they're best forums away from Easter Road because, and I know exactly why that is, because they'll find that they get a lot more space away from Easter Road where teams might go certainly and sit in whereas you know when when are on the road the majority of teams will at least try to get, get by them and maybe leave gaps at the back and that's when they exploit that with, mm-hmm. the, with the pace of Boyle we've touched on you know the, the sheer attack and threat the, the goal presence of, of Nisbet Jamie Murphy McGuinness unfortunately for them and maybe fortunately for Dundee uh, Christian Dodge is, is, is injured so I believe so mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that's a, a bit of a plus for Dundee, but they've still got more than enough ammunition to give give Dundee um, a tough time. But Dundee have got to look in terms of what can they do to Hibs, and I think Hibs we've seen that they do offer up chances. We saw that in the first game when they went to Motherwell on one three two, and it, it could be something like that on Sunday, Callum. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a game which can only be good for the fans. I've got to say, and hopefully, you would imagine Hibs sitting top of the league. They're going to bring through a, a few thousand to Dens Park on Sunday, and Dundee will have a decent crowd as well. So it's a perfect game, you know. If, I think it's on the it's on the TV, you know, if I'm right, and uh, you know, it'll be a, a great game to watch. I, I don't think it'll be a, certainly a nil nil draw. So it's set up it's set up nicely, and you know? it's a nice it'll be a nice sort of test of of as George says, where Dundee are at at this point in time. Obviously, Motherwell, you know, that was that was a test in itself. But Hibs, I would I would suggest certainly in the attack and threat, can Dundee's defence cope mm-hmm. with, with with what they've got to offer? And, and it's, it's going to be a cracking match on the injury front. George, has uh, been a wee bit of news on Danny Mullen and, and Cami Kerr and when they're expected back. Yeah, um, they were hoping that Cami might have snuck into the game Sunday, but it sounds like he might be a wee bit short on that one. Um, We'll wait and see how he's doing at the end of the week. Danny Mullins going to be out uh, December. Looks like he's had his surgery, but it went well. Yeah, I think he's starting uh, rehab uh, and getting stuck into that. So he'll be back uh, a wee bit down the line. Killing Sheridan picked up a, a groin injury that kept him out on Saturday against Motherwell. Um, they, they got him scanned on Monday. They were just awaiting the results to see how long he, he may be missing for. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's a long one, but we'll wait and see. Um, and I, as I mentioned, obviously Marshall's suspended after his kind of daft red card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Anderson is back after his daft red card. So <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Absolutely. One in, one out. But uh, all the best to be Danny. He's a good player. Um, one that done yeah. the miss. Um, obviously they've got Jason Cummins there, so that's a, a fantastic replacement to have. But, um, definitely will be missed and we wish him all the best in coming back from that injury um, moving on we're going to jump over the street and look at the tangerines 
Dundee United were also in Premier Sports Cup action at the weekend. They drew one each with Air United at Somerset Park. The game went to extra time and penalties and the Terrors were able to win through 4-3. Benjamin Segrist with a couple of saves. Nicky Clark getting the, the winning spot kick. It's um it's proved a bit of a sticky wicket. Um Somerset Park for, for United down the years bear. Um but mm-hmm. that sort of gets that, that monkey off their back. They they hadn't won there since um two thousand and sixteen. Um and, and they're through. That's that's the most important thing in cup f- football, isn't it? It's it's getting through and, and, and they'll face off with, with Hibs um in the quarterfinals. Well that's that's exactly it. You you hit the nail on the head, Calm, they're through. Um we said that last week on the on the podcast regarding, you know, after they you know, they were on top of the world after beating Rangers, but there was a wee banana skin waiting for them at Somerset mm-hmm. Park. And for much of that game, it looked as though that, that banana banana skin was there and they were going to slip up on it. But fair play to, to Dundee United, you know, they found a way to get themselves back in, into the game. And it goes to penalties and you, people could say, you know, penalties are luck and, you know, and they are to an extent, but I'll tell you what, when you've got a keeper like Benjamin Segrist in your goal, I would suggest that you have got an edge when it comes to things like penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it was no surprise to me that United managed to get by that and, and, and fair play to Nicky Clark as well because he's he's come up Trump's a few times. I know it was it was a penalty kick that got them, you know, to that point in the in the game, but you've still got to tuck it away and, and, and he stepped forward and did it. And fair play to Dundee United, you know, what can you say? I mean, it's another win. That's all you can do, you know. I mean, the the fan the fans want them to play well and lose. I mean, you know, I think I think it's difficult. I've seen some I've seen some criticism, you know. Um, I've seen some criticism of Tom Courts, but I think Tom Courts has got a long road to win over the doubters, and I think he's he's just got to get on with it. What what can the lad do? I think he's only had one defeat in some like six or seven games, mm-hmm. you know, in, in competitive action this season. So what, that's all he can keep doing, you know. You've just got to keep keep churning out results and. Um, and getting the wins and his team seem to be playing for him. You know, there's there's no suggestion that, you know, there, there's any sort of, you know, rumblings within the camp. You know, he, he, you can see he's, he's a bit sort of uh, raw when it comes to his television interviews and things like that, but that'll, that'll come with time as well. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not paid to do television interviews with, you know, the BBC and, and Sky TV. He's paid to get a team on the part that's going to win for Dundee United. And at this point in time, Tom Court is doing that and, you know, United came through a sticky one there. They came through a sticky one, and, and they've got another one uh, next time up against Hibs. But the most important thing, as we said, right at the top, is getting yourself through. It's not how you do it; just getting yourself through in the cup. And, and Dungeon United have done that, and, and uh, well played to them. I like how you said he's not paid to speak to the TV. <laughs> That's good for me because we're not we're not TV. I still need to speak to him. Bear. Come on, we need stories in the paper. Exactly. Need to, exactly. Pays our wages here. Come on. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, I was there at, at, at Somerset Park on Saturday. I think. Even the most ardent Dundee United fan would admit that AR dominated most of the game. Um, you know, David Hopkins had his side set up really well and they looked really threatening. I think Rangers' low knee, James Maxwell, was fantastic in midfield. Um, Tommy Adeloy gets the goal on 56 minutes. And it, it to be honest, it, it didn't look like United had any hope of getting back in the game. It didn't look like scoring. Um, and then, of course, they get the penalty, Nick Walsh points to the spot Jack Baird has a wee collision in the box with, with Ryan Edwards and he's shown a second yellow and sent off and, and Nicky Clark you know cool as you like steps up and, and slots at home he does the same in the shootout um, George is like a guy you know well from his Queen of the South days um, is Nicky but he, he's proven he, he's, he's he's a composed finisher and if he has to play that number nine role for a wee bit longer while Mark McNulty gets his fitness up you'd, you'd back him to do it yeah the 
he won't have any fears about that. Um, actually, I know that the lad James Maxwell from his Queen of the South oh, yeah. these last mm-hmm. season. He was very yeah, good, good for player. us as well. He's a, he's a good, he's an up and coming player. But, uh, no, a big fan of Nicky Clark. Um, really clever player. We've talked about him a lot on this uh, podcast. And you've no, just as Bear says about uh, having an edge with a, a goalkeeper like Seagrass in the penalty shoots. You don't have many doubts that Nicky Clark's going to stick the penalty away either. Um, mm. Obviously, he scored a whole bunch of goals at the start of last season, so they'd be hoping he can repeat that uh, feat. Um, interesting to see how he, when McNulty gets up to speed, how the two of them might uh, combine if they're going to yeah. team them together, or if, if it's going to be one in and one out or, or whatever. But interesting to see how that works, see how different it's going to be from last season, because obviously McNulty is back after last season. I'm hoping. He can and can show more of his ability in scoring goals than, than he did last season. I, th- I think he's really he's another very clever player, uh, slightly different to, to Nicky Clark. But um, we've said it for United still need to sort out creating chances. That's yeah. that's been their issue for for a, a long while yet, and it, I haven't seen a huge amount uh, this season yet to, to see that they're on the way to solving that. So that's. Maybe if they can bring in the uh, Niskin and the, the, the Finnish winger, that might add something. Uh, but it seems like they're, partic- they're looking to add attacking options. I think they're going to need a couple. But as Bear said, they got through the air. It might not have been pretty. It isn't always pretty at Somerset Park. Uh, not my favourite stadium, I must say. Um, but they they managed that. And I thought they got a bit of luck with the, the penalty. Um, mm. I've only seen it on the video, and the video's not very good at air either. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it looked a bit soft. Uh, the referee was obviously closer than the cameraman, so I guess you got to trust the referee's judgment. Uh, and, and just one thing you're saying about uh, Bear mentioned Tam Courts and interviews and stuff. I, I'm he sounds a bit strange in interviews, but you got to remember that he hasn't been a top-level senior player for the past 16, 17 years like other managers have and mm. have, have been doing interviews constantly for years and years and years and picked and got practice in it and got used to doing that. He, he's still, it's still pretty new to him. So uh, always bear that in mind that he's, he's maybe just not had the practice that managers usually have in, in front of the media. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to him a few times and look, he, he likes a cliche, let's, let's be honest, right? But I mean, he's... Loves a cliche, yeah. He loves the cliche, right? But I find it quite unengaging, um, and he's quite clear communicator as well. You know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's a different style. I think he's just a wee bit different from your your, your running the mill ex footballer who goes into management. You know, he, I think he's he thinks about the game in a different way. He, he, he communicates yeah. his points in a different way. He's, he's big on the kind of data side of the game and analytics, and um, you know, he's he's his communication. He, he tries to be as clear and open and honest as he can be. And I've said this to the fans on Twitter. He, you know, there are some things that obviously he wants to keep to himself and within the club, um, transfer things and whatnot. But I've always found him to be very honest and, and clear as he can be. And he's 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 in a position where he's got to try and defend his team, defend his players, and promote the best interests of Dundee United. So, um, yeah, some of the things he says are, are quite funny, and um, you know, like I say, he does he does love a cliche? But um, you know, he'll, he'll learn. He'll get, he'll get better on on that front. And you know what? It gives us good lines. Good lines for the paper, so... <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it is a learning 
curve uh, because you you just think of a senior player like Charlie Mulgrew. You see him; he's very good mm. uh, with the media. But he's been doing that twenty years, or maybe not twenty years, but uh, fifteen years. He's mm. he's picked. He he knows what to say, and he's practiced it. Um, with Tam Course is still learning that, and and he will get better. That's that's what I, I would always say. But if he can keep that, the as you say, the, the clear communication and the, the honesty, then then he'll be fine. Uh, once he, it's a whole new job for him as well as yeah. a whole new manager for Dundee United. So it's, it's something to always remember. Well, I always try to remember anyway. Yep, Bear, goalkeepers union, we're going to go to you quickly. Just on Benjamin Segrist, we've, we've brushed over some of his contributions mm-hmm. um, um, from Saturday. He was, he was captain on the day, he saved two penalties in the shootout. One of them was from Jonathan Afalabi, former Dundee striker, so I'm sure that would have been, um, you know, gone down well with the United fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's, you know, the transfer window, we're, we're getting towards the end of it. Uh, what, two weeks, just over, just under two weeks to go, um, depending on when you're listening to the show, of course. But, um, you know, he's still there. He's still there. And, and yep. that's got to be a good thing for, for Dundee United. He's, he's he's one of the best stoppers in the league. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, you saw what he what he did on uh, on Saturday there, his performance, and, and the fact he's he's, uh, he's he's a skipper for the day shows how much of a high regard he's held in um, within the confines of, of, of Tannadice. But again, every every game he plays and, and he turns in a, a performance and you know a game against Rangers and, and the you know the the, the penalty saves that uh, just alerts <laughs> alerts uh, other clubs just how good this lad is. Mm-hmm. Now I think we're obviously at a point I, I, you've got to say that there must have been there must be interest in Segrist. There must be you would think somebody's. Uh, chopped at Dundee United's door and, and asked, you know, what what figure are you looking for? And has maybe been scared off. You don't know, uh, and it just depends uh, on Dundee United's resolve um, to hold on to their their, their number one uh, goalkeeper. But when you see what he offers to the club, you know, and every 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 player has their price. We've we mentioned this obviously. Lawrence Shankland has moved on. Every player has their price. But again, I would say the money you can you can generate from Benjamin Segrist would that make up for him not being there in terms of what he can give Dundee United over the course of the next 12 months you know it would have to be some serious serious money um, I would think for Dundee United to say right okay the deal's on um, but yeah the countdown's on and and he's still there um, but let's wait and see where it goes over the next fortnight Yeah in terms of incomings this week there's been a wee bit of news also we mentioned Mark McNulty's re-signed on loan from Red and he was there last season maybe didn't um, quite set the heather like the way he would have wanted to play out wide quite a bit um, he'll be hoping to get um, a wee run the team as a number nine um, so he's back at Tanaday so there's, there's moves afoot as well in terms of um, players coming from abroad uh, Finnish winger we mentioned him as well Ilmari Il- Niskanen um, his transfer from Ingolstadt is all agreed between the clubs and the player what's holding that up is a, is a work, work permit issue for him um, obviously with with the Brexit, it's been more difficult um, since the turn of the year to get players from the continent to come into British and, of course, Scottish football. Um, another player who's been linked, interestingly, um, from Ghana is a young lad called Matthew Anim Kujo. He's only 17. Um, he's been on trial at Bayern Munich. He's, he's currently still playing in the Guinean Premier League. Um, he's played alongside Asimo Jian, if you remember that name from World Cup a few years ago. Um, 
a good Ghanaian player there. Um, he's been linked with a move to Tanadai, so he's maybe one for the future. But um, certainly, George are maybe looking to add a, a few more. But we're, we're talking about the, the attacking positions. McNulty's a, a good acquisition, but they maybe need that wee bit of pace in width that maybe a guy like Niskanen or, or the young lad Kudrow would, would maybe bring. Yeah, I was quite worried there that you were going to ask me for some in-depth background knowledge on the, the Ghanaian <laughs> attacker no. there. Uh, no. So thanks for that, uh, that you didn't. Although I did have a wee look at Niskanen. Uh, there's not a huge amount um, online about him. His Wikipedia page says he played in Finland. And then the next sentence is he's agreed to move to Dundee United, referencing an article by some somebody called Callum Woodger. So that's that's his entire Wikipedia page. So no, exactly. You, you can't believe anything you, you no. read on that. But, um, Don't look at the edit history of that article, by the way, because that <laughs> it, it wasn't me that updated it, honestly. <laughs> uh, look at his his record, though. He scored some goals in Finland, so that, that could be interesting if he's got a finish on him. Uh, <laughs> part of the part, I really didn't mean that. I didn't really didn't mean that. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's not finished. He's only twenty-eight, but yeah, no, it could be it could be an interesting one. Uh, and yeah, it's a good sign that obviously, if we've been saying it for for a year now that they need attacking options, obviously United are, know about it and will have been working hard to to bring people in. Uh, Logan Chalmers has been injured again, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. How long is he yeah. out for, Callum? Uh, it's been out for a, it a few weeks. We were told that last week, so it's maybe got another couple of weeks. Might not be back till next month. That's a, it's a thigh problem with him this time. So um, he doesn't seem to have any luck. He seems to just kind of get started um, with a season and, and just starts playing well and then pulls up with something. It's hopefully it's something that he can get over. And he's only twenty one, so hopefully it's not something that recurs throughout his career where he just keeps picking up injuries. It's it's your luck, as they say. Um, he hasn't seemed to go any yeah. at the moment. But you're right. I think. Oh, I mean, what do we know? Like you say, we've been talking about it for a long time, but I think it's it's plain as day. You, see, you only have to look at United from last season; they were the lowest scorers in the league, and um, you know their defence basically um, got them to the position they were last season, getting to a Scottish Cup semi and going so close to the top six. And I think it, they've still got the, the core of that defence there. It, not, nothing's really changed. Obviously, Segrist is one who. His future's up in the air. Jamie Robson's another one as well, but you maybe just need to add that wee bit of finesse and and class in, in the forward areas, especially with Shanklin now leaving um, over to to Belgium. They, they maybe do need to bring someone in. It's good to see the club are looking. They have identified that that is a problem area. Um, that is um, a, a big gripe of the fans in recent times. Certainly, um, like like we say, they, they want to see a team playing well and winning. Um, Thankfully, they are winning at the moment, even if they aren't playing um, fantastic. Um, away from the pitch, off the pitch, we've we've seen Mark Ogren make his first visit to Tannadice in, in 18 months. Obviously, with COVID, the American owner's not really been able to, to have much of a, a direct input in person um, on these shows. Um, he, he spoke to the, the club's TV channel this week, and he said, um, despite the financial test, which we, we know about Bear, you know, United mm-hmm. have had a couple of tricky financial results the last few years you know losing a few million um the last two you know two times um he says that the club are still going places he's still committed um and that he's happy with the way it is going under tam courts and he's the right man for the job it's again it's it's one of those ones where the communication's there they are saying the right things it's just back it up now isn't it 
Yeah, of course it is, and it was good to, good to see him, and good to see him. He was, look, he was looking healthy, and I'm sure the United fans would be glad to see him on on this side of the pond um, because he is the owner of the club. Um, so he, he, all that distance, you know, sometimes things can become a wee bit uncertain on on what exactly is happening. I would, I've got to say, it would have been nice uh, if somebody from our, our organisation could have. Uh, uh, had an interview with him and, and we could have asked mm. our own questions regarding the finances and transfers and everything else that's, that's gone on but he spoke away to the to the United uh, club's own uh, media team and you know he's, he's sounding positive about he, he, he's sounding honest and he's sounding positive and that's you know that's that says a lot after the 18 months obviously we've just had because he's taken a massive hit financially there's no doubt about that I mean he became involved in Dundee United he was not expecting to shell out the sort of cash that he's had to no. uh, to, to put in you know and obviously well, there's nothing coming profit. back at, that's what he said yes, and he's kind of unveiling he's going to make a profit here I don't think he knows Scottish football as well as he thinks he maybe does <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but certainly wouldn't have expected to, to pump in the sort of money he's had to do just to keep the, the, the club uh, uh, going so um, no there is, there is positive signs he said Tom Coates the right man for the job come on we would, would have expected him to say that of course uh, mm-hmm. but the mm-hmm. uh, Good to see him. Um, the fans will be be delighted to see him. Hopefully, we can see a bit more of him, and hopefully, hopefully, somewhere down the line, you'll uh, afford us a, an interview, and we can we can get some stuff in the newspapers from our from our own team. Absolutely. Um, looking ahead for the Tangerines on Sunday, they are at St Johnston away to McDermott Park. Um, St Johnston will be going into that obviously on the back of um, their European game against LASK of Austria. Um, we'll go on to talk about that a little bit later in the show, um, but. George, um, that that's one that United, you know, maybe with a European hangover, they'll be hoping to go there and, and get three points on the board. I mean, that would put them in a, a fantastic position if they could get sort of two wins to start the season against, you know, you know, top six clubs really in St Johnston and, and Rangers. Yeah, and you've got to think it was in the sandwich between the St Johnston's two uh, ties against Lask. So mm-hmm. that's the. That's not the worst place to be for, from a United point of view because you know where St Johnson's uh, priority will be. Will be trying to get in, into a group stage of European competition, which would be amazing for for their club. But mm-hmm. United will be hoping they can take advantage of that. I would I would imagine there'll be some changes from the St Johnson team. Uh, the very first choice team will be playing in in Austria on Thursday. There'll be some tired legs, so I would expect some changes on the Sunday. Um, it's up to United to try and take advantage of that. St Johnson are very well set up. I mean, there's a reason why they're in Europe. It's because they had a very, very good season last season. Uh, and they're really difficult to get anything off, off even. Hmm. If United can keep it tight, which we know they can, um, they'll feel like if they can take one of their chances or if they can maybe create a few more at that path, I don't think they should be going with any any big fear, uh, which sounds strange in historical sense of Dundee United going against St Johnston, <laughs> yeah. but St Johnston obviously uh, on a high at the moment. Um, but no, I, th- I think United have got a chance. Uh, McNulty will be wanting to get up and running, whether that's more minutes on, on the pitch or getting a goal. He's a striker, he, he'll want a goal. Um, and yeah, and as Bear said right at the start, United are winning games and that can only give you confidence so I don't see a huge reason why they, they can't keep that going um, St Johnson are good but you never know yeah okay before we move on George I have to ask you is it 
Lask or L-A-S-K because I've just made an absolute uh, fool of myself there by saying that. Lask, is that right? Uh, yes. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> right. Amateur I will just say the team from Austria from now on, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it really is amateur ever when we mentioned it at the top of the show, like, are we getting paid for this? If we are, <laughs> I, and I think I am, that's an absolute disgrace. DC Thompson, hang your head. Anyway, moving on, we're going to go and look at European action involving Scottish clubs. Yes, and we'll just pick up on that uh, bit of confusion there. St. Johnston up against Lask, L-A-S-K, whatever you want to call them. Um, the team from Austria, as George has now um, dubbed them. Um, they take on the Saints tomorrow night, um, 6 o'clock. It's a UEFA Conference League game. Obviously, they they weren't able to get past Galatasaray Bear, but they've got another bite at the cherry mm-hmm. um, in this competition, the playoff round. They win this, you get into the group stage. Yeah, um, That would then guarantee European football for a wee bit longer. Um, it's huge for St. Johnson if they can manage to pull this off, obviously. They're going over there. You'd imagine they'll want to try and get something to take back to Perth. Um next week but they've shown against a really top Galatasaray team yeah. that they can compete yeah and they've taken great heart despite the fact they lost that game they've taken great heart from their performances against Galatasaray one of the top top names in, in European football and um, by all accounts uh, Lask are uh, you know an equally formidable opponent um, so they, they face a really a really uh, difficult challenge ahead but you see that there's a real opportunity here to get to the group stages. And while it's a conference uh, league and they're going to the group stages of that, the money that's involved to get get into the group stages is, is, is quite staggering for a club like St. Johnston. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stake. There's a lot of stake here. And hopefully, you know, when last they can keep themselves in the tie and when last come to, uh, come to Perth, um, we'll get an equally big attendance as we did at the Galatasaray game because it was fantastic to see the McDermott Park absolutely chalk a block and, and, and cheering the team on. So, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for St Johnston. I mean, I think because because they did so well against Galatasaray, a lot of people might think, well, you know, they'll, they'll get by last. But uh, from what I'm hearing, last will be just as tough um, mm. as the Turks. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to take a, a big couple of performances from Callum Davidson's men to get get themselves through that one. Yeah, they've not got the biggest squad, George. Um, St. Johnston, they've, they've done well so far to balance their league, their cup. You know, they've, they've, they've got a couple of points in the league. They've scraped through in the cup and they're still fighting on this European front. But, um, you know, they, they, they know that this is the last shot at, at European progression uh, into some form of group stage. So they're, they're going to be going over there and, and giving their all. You'd imagine that the, the stakes are so high. Um, plenty of fans have travelled over. It's a huge occasion for the club. Yeah, it's fantastic for them, man. The- as Pierre said, the Galatasaray game was uh, it was an incredible atmosphere. I've never seen McDermott Park anything like that before. <laughs> yeah. um, not even halfway anywhere near that. Um, even my barber was there. He told me he's, he's a Galatasaray fan. He was going to say is he a St Johnson fan? No, I think St Johnson. Turkish barber, right? Okay, no, I'm with you now. He, did, he, <laughs> uh, he, he didn't think St Johnson were, were were very good, but uh, don't know. Don't know how much he knows. Uh, about Scottish football but anyway um, yeah I think LASK as they're definitely known um, mm. I think they're going to be no mugs um, they're going to be a very decent side but I've always been very impressed with the way St Johnston is set up and we said before talking about United that they don't give anything away easily uh, and I mm. think LASK um, 
will find that. Um, but yeah, St. Johnson have to keep themselves in the tie. And having the second leg at home, I always find is a, a, the the way you want it to be. You want to keep yourself in the first leg, get home, and then and then you can try and use your home advantage uh, to get your, yourselves through it. Get St. Johnston to a group stage would be a, a great achievement for Callum Davidson, and I really hope they can do it. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that away goals isn't really a, a factor anymore in these ties. You know, if St. Johnston had, had gone over there and snuck a 1-0 or, or something, you know, maybe managed to get even get a goal and a defeat, it would have given them a wee boost going back to mm. back to Perth. But anyway, um, you know, all the best to, to Callum Davidson and his team. Aberdeen are also in Conference League playoff round action tomorrow. They take on Karabag of Azerbaijan, or as they're better known, Carrier Bag. Um, it's only 20p to get in, um, which is good. Good value. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the old firm are in Europa League playoff action as well. Celtic take on AZ Alkmaar tonight, which is Wednesday night um, at Parkhead. And Rangers welcome Alash Kert um, to Ibrox tomorrow. Um, the Armenian team, I believe. So yes. um, good luck to all the Scottish teams in Europe. Um, hopefully we can, for the coefficient's sake, um, I know it's two teams, one street, we don't have any skin in the game here really, but um, for the sake of the coefficient and for the sake of our game, it'd be great to see um, if all four of those clubs could somehow make it through to the, the group stages of their respective competitions, it'd be fantastic for our game. So all the very best to them. Um, lads, it's been a pleasure and thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>